Yeah, all right. All right, good morning, everyone. Shkara for coming to learn. It's great to see you. Um, in last week's parsha, uh, after the death of Yaakov Avinu, after the death of Yosef, Yosef instructs uh, them to uh, to embalm uh, the body of uh, of Yaakov Avinu and to embalm his own body, uh, as the pasuk describes it. So the um, typically the process of embalming involved uh, disemboweling the body uh, beforehand. So the Nadi Behuda was asked if this is permitted to disembowel the body in order to presumably, uh, you know, give honor and fanfare to the person after they passed away, which was similar to the, you know, to the uh, honor that was bestowed upon the, you know, the dignitaries in Mitzrayim. So Yosef wanted to receive that kind of treatment for his father Yaakov for his own, uh, after his own passing. So if that is permitted, the covered the mace. So the Nadi Behuda was asked, what about uh, after a person uh, passes away during a, uh, you know, surgery that wasn't successful, can they uh, perform an autopsy uh, on the body in order to uh, learn, uh, you know, to, for the future, to improve a medical practice in the future, and uh, the body, therefore, will be a catalyst towards improving medical knowledge. It should also be uh, equivalent to embalming the body or cover the mace. Here, it's also to cover the mace that he'll be, uh, you know, uh, the, the facilitator of improving medical knowledge and practice uh, in the future. So the, the truth of the matter is, you know, just as a source to derive, you know, as a per- permissive uh, ruling, with regards to this issue, from the fact that Yaakov, uh, Yosef embalmed the body of uh, Yaakov, his father. So uh, Ali uh, showed me yesterday that the Medrash actually is critical of Yosef for doing so, and in fact uh, attributes uh, that it was for this reason that Yosef died uh, prematurely before the, uh, the other Shvatim, because he uh, commanded them, he instructed them to uh, embalm the body of his father. However, the Neid Yehuda himself, as well as the Samsefer and the Chuba about this issue, um, all point to the Zayah HaKadosh, which is also discussed by Moshe Chagiz in his Sefer Lekar HaKemach, that in fact, uh, the body of Yaakov, even though it was embalmed, was not disemboweled, which was the normal process. And so I'm here, it was just embalmed without uh, disemboweling it, so there was no, um, you know, uh, there was no, uh, you know, surgical procedure that was performed um, post-mortem. Uh, but even, even if there was, the Nebuchadnezzar Huda argues that this also is really you know, has no bearing on the issue that was, he was asked about, which was performing an autopsy in order to improve medical knowledge in the future, because here, that's in order to benefit others. This was in order to uh, increase the kavo, the fanfare, the honor that Yaakov would receive after his passing to embalm the body, which was the common practice at the time. So it's to benefit as the cover of the mace, to cover the nifter here, it's in order to benefit others and improve medical knowledge in the future. So one really uh, has nothing to do with the other. However, the Nerdi Behuda, in that context, once he was asked about the issue, um, goes on to, to, um, to explain that there are really two uh, primary issues involved, primary isurim involved in uh, performing an autopsy. The first are, even to, in order to improve medical knowledge uh, or you know, to learn anatomy for the future, the first, uh, both are mentioned by the Gemara Mesef the Sanhedrin, actually derived from the same posuk in Parashas Kiseitse, where the posuk tells us that after a person received misas based in capital punishment under you know, certain situations, they had to hang the body outside on a tree. It's when they did this, who received this treatment, but after the body received capital punishment, they would hang it outside on the tree. But the posuk says, Lo solen if you cannot leave it to the next day hanging out on the tree. It has to be buried later on that day. Because this is somehow insulting uh, to the Rebani Shalom, which we'll explain soon. So the Gemara goes on to uh, explain that just leaving a mace, I'm sorry, the Gemara derives from the fact that the Pasuk has a double ocean. First it says it in the negative. Don't leave the body hanging out there you know, till the following day. Rather, it's also phrased in the positive sense. You have to bury him on that day. The Gemara derives from that redundancy that this applies not only to those who receive capital punishment, but all mesim 
should be buried as quickly as possible, preferably in that day. And if to prolong, uh, to delay the burial of a person is in violation of this assay and lois assay, the first assay, ki kabartik brenna by yomahu, and the lois assay of los and if los so therefore the Gemara says, person who delays the burial of a mace is in violation of a loisese and the assay of kikabartik b'renu b'yomahu. If you do it in order to allow relatives who live far away to arrive, and that will increase the honor that's accorded to a person at the time of his levaya, so the Gemara says, that's permitted. Because that itself is, uh, you know, it's not uh, in, in, you know, insulting to the mace that he's uh, waiting to be buried. It's rather in order to increase the cover that's uh, accompanying him at the time of his Leviah. Then the Gemara goes on to derive a second uh, prohibition from this uh, Easter, And that is that just like one is not allowed to leave a body hanging out on the tree uh, to the following day, because that's insulting, that's degrading to the body. It's what's called nivo ha or to be zoyan to the mace. So, so to any activity, even if it doesn't necessarily de- uh, involve or require delaying burial, but, uh, you know, that's not, in, you know, in and of itself what the focus is. It's rather, you know, something that will involve degrading or insulting the mace, like performing a surgical procedure uh, and, this, you know, or an autopsy after the person passed away. That's a kind of an evil hames, which would be a second prohibition that's derived from this same pasuk. So the Nehudah Behuda argues that uh, performing an autopsy, where we're going to uh, learn anatomy or to derive, uh, you know, to improve medical procedures or uh, practice in the future, uh, has these two uh, obstacles to, uh, you know, to deal with. The first is you're delaying the burial of the mace. The second is that you're mutilating or, you know, insulting, degrading the mace by performing the autopsy. And in fact, the Nehudah Behuda cites two Gemaras, that um, uh, two sources, uh, two sugyas, one in Chul and one in Baba Basra, that seem to um, echo this, uh, this sentiment. The Gemara tells us, Mesech Tos Chulin over here in the Izdawid, when the Gemara is discussing what is the source for the concept that we follow Roiv and Halacha, we follow the majority. So the Gemara says, from the very fact that we administer capital punishment to a murderer, that must mean we follow Rov. Because if a person kills someone else uh, who's a trefa, Let's say he has some physical defect and cannot live beyond 12 months. So if you kill him, it's still usur, to be sure, but there's no uh, capital punishment that's administered to the murderer. Because anyway, he killed a person who wasn't going to live beyond a year. He said he killed a gavar katila. So Gemara says, every single time we have a murderer, how do we know that the person that he killed was not a trefa? Maybe he said, how then can we ever administer capital punishment? Must be, says the Gemara, we follow Roiv. Most of people who are alive are not trefas. Most people live beyond the year. So therefore, we follow Roiv. And if he killed somebody, we will assume that he was not a trefa, based on the majority, and we'll administer capital punishment. So Gemara says, no, maybe not so. Maybe every time there's a murderer who kills somebody, we want to administer capital punishment. We're going to perform an autopsy on the body. And we'll figure out, was the person a trefer, was the person not a trefer? Maybe that's the only time we'll administer uh, capital punishment. But he tamer says, you over here in the second line, the maybe every single time uh, we'll, uh, we'll perform an autopsy to see if the person was a trefer. So says, you can't do that. How come invo? But you're going to be in violation of nivo hames, of um, mutilating the body, of insulting, degrading the body. So the Gemara says, yeah, but here, if we, he turns out he was a trefer, we'll save the life of the murderer. Maybe we should perform Nivlamets in order to save the life of the murderer, because it turns out he killed the Trefa. We'll get him off the hook. He won't receive capital punishment. Sigmar says, no, because either way, the autopsy won't be conclusive, because 
maybe in the very place that he shot him, in the very place that he stabbed him, that's where the trefer was. So either way, even if we perform an autopsy, it won't be conclusive necessarily in getting the guy off the hook. So the Gemara says that's why it can't be we're discussing a situation where they perform um, an autopsy. But what you do see from the Gemara is that uh, to perform this kind of uh, procedure, if the person passes away, does involve not only halonis a mace for, for sure, to uh, delay the burial of the mace, but also it involves uh, nivo ha which is uh, mutilating the body uh, after death, which is uh, insulting and degrading uh, to the body. And similarly, the Gemara tells us in Masechus Bababasar the following situation of uh, children who received an estate from a parent who passed away, um, and then one of the uh, siblings sold a property, um, and, pa- and then he himself died. But there was a debate uh, between the buyer uh, and the family whether or not the sibling that sold him the property was an adult at the time of the sale or was a minor, was a katan. <laughs> And he passed away. We don't know. We can, you know, no way of ascertaining. We know he was 13 years old, but it's unclear if he had Shtay Cyrus, if he's considered to be a Godo or not. So uh, such a de- debate ensued. So, one of the siblings sold the property, but then he passed away, and it was a dispute. Was he a Godo or was he a Katan? The family said, oh, we should retain the property. He had no right to sell it. He was a minor at the time of the sale. Ubo, and obviously the buyer is contending that he was an adult. Ubo v'shalu was Rebbe Kiva. They came to ask Rebbe Kiva, Ma'u l'boikai, can we exhume the body and check? So I'm lehem, iyatoyim, r'shayim l'navlo. No, you're not allowed to do that kind of nivel ha-meis. It would be insulting and degrading to the mace uh, after he passed away. It's not allowed in order to resolve this monetary dispute. The truth of the matter is that the Gemara continues, um, and the Gemara says that this is only if the property was in the hands of the buyer, Already, he took, uh, you know, he, took, um, he took possession of it, and the family wants to retrieve it. So the family can't perform nivel ames on their brother in order to retrieve a property, which came to them at no loss because it was all inherited from the parents. However, if, let's say, the property is in the hands of the family and the buyer is suing them you know, for specific performance, he wants the property, and he spent money to buy the property. He wants to recuperate his losses, so then Gemara says he can demand that they perform and uh, you know, exhume the body to check it, and even though it will involve Nivo Ames in order to recuperate his losses. But, says the of Yehuda, you clearly see from these uh, two sugyas, one in Hula, one in Baba Basra, that uh, you know, exhume the body, perform an autopsy, to delay burial involves... Two isurim. Number one, halonis hames, the delaying burial. And number one, and the, the second one is nivo hames, both derived from that pasuk of those sal and nivlas al eitz adbayker kikabartik barenu bayoyimahu. A person has to be buried uh, on that day. It was allowed in the Gemara Chulin. It was allowed in the Gemara Baba Basra. If there was an immediate, you know, uh, you know, possibility of saving somebody's life, an immediate possibility of retrieving uh, of retrieving uh, of lost uh, lost financial investment, but otherwise to improve medical knowledge in the future, to learn anatomy, the Noyed Behuda says it would be, uh, would be prohibited and will not have the justification to violate these two isurim of Havanas Hames or Nivo Hames. This, though, might only be limited to Mesei Yisrael. <coughs> Meir Shapiro's a tshuva in his uh, tshuva is called Or HaMeir, where he uh, notes that on that pasuk of Loso Nivloso Eitz Kikabartik Berenu Bayoimahu, so the Rashi writes, so why is this, uh, I'm sorry, you have to bury the mace on that day. You're not allowed to leave it to the next day. I'm sorry, and the Pasuk continues, It's insulting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How is it insulting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So Rashi there explains, because a human being is created in B'Tselem uh, in the same image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's like a person has a, uh, an image of himself 
hanging there on the tree. That's insulting not only to the person, you know, to the, to the person uh, whose body it was who's hanging there on the tree, but it's insulting to anybody who looks like that person who might become confused with him. So if a person who's created, but tell him, and he's hanging on the tree, that's insulting not only for that, that individual, it's insulting uh, for a Kaddish Baruch Hu as well. However, Rashi writes in that context, we are creating the image of the Rebbeinu Shalom, and Yisrael is not only created in the image of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, as are all human beings, but it's also we are the children of the Rebbeinu Shalom. So Rashi seems to harp on the fact that it's because we're Banim Lamakayim, that's why this uh, prohibition should extend uh, to Mesa Yisrael. However, Rashi seems to imply that it would not necessarily extend to Mesa Yakum. And others explain, like some cipher and others explain that this uh, should be limited to Mesa Yisrael that have a mitzvah of Kuras Hames. There is no mitzvah of Kuras Hames for Mesa Yakum. It's limited to Mesa Yisrael. That's why we don't bury Mesei Akum together in the same, uh, the same cemeteries as Mesei Yisrael, because Mesei Akum have no mitzvah of Kuros HaMais. Mesei Yisrael do have a mitzvah of Kuros HaMais. That's why they cannot be buried together. So since Mesei Akum do not have a mitzvah of Kuros HaMais, and both of these Yisurim stem from the, uh, from the objective of burying the person as quickly as possible and not leaving them there on the tree, so then uh, both of these Yisurim should be limited to Mesei Yisrael and not, uh, would not extend uh, to, uh, to Mesei Akum. The concept concept of Rome when it comes to Mason, it, is, is it a universal meaning from birth to, to, to 100? Let's say you have somebody who has cancer and dies. Yeah. Says th- three so we know he's a traitor. So we know he's a traitor. Or, or somebody is, you know, in time of the Gemara, you know, 80, whatever it is. Illness might never, might never be considered traitor. That's probably the difference between a Gosez who's ill as opposed to a traitor has some sort of physical, uh, 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 yeah. Right, so the question is, if someone kills a 90-year-old, yeah. You know, do you say rogue nine year olds at that time, let's say, will live beyond, end? really? In that time, Gemara. They don't live Gemara beyond 12 months? Uh, presumably, at, already at that point, I presume we trade for. Okay. Yeah, but it would depend on the road. It would depend on statistics. Correct. Not as a general road. Correct. It's a, the assumption is everyone who's alive is not a traitor, but if that would be, if you would have data that would controvert, yeah, 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 then you're right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's probably the difference between a traitor. But either way, killing a traitor is not mutter. There's no uh, capital punishment. Killing a traitor, to be sure, is, the Prince Karev actually writes, is an Isra Vritzicha without capital punishment. So it's an Isra Vritzicha. It's for sure prohibited. Shai would be, would you receive capital punishment for doing so? For sure, for sure. For, as I, I don't like uh, harping on the issue too much because it's, uh, it's for sure Vritzicha. The Shaila is only to receive capital punishment for it. The Chsam Seifer and Tshuva also with regards to uh, performing an autopsy in order to learn anatomy or improve um, a, a medical practice in the future raises a third issue, is he, and he's even critical of the Noyed Behuda, why he didn't bring up this issue as well. Why is he focusing only on Halonas Ames and Evil Ames? Um, why didn't he bring up the issue of Hanam and Ames? One is not allowed to benefit uh, from, a, uh, from a dead body. He writes the Chsam Seifer over here, Oizayin Nisayim Ha'ala, so he quotes the Tshuva of the Noyed Behuda, is because also because uh, a mace is uh, in, uh, in all forms of benefit. And this is derived from the Gemara Mesechus of Adizar, which tells us, uh, which quotes Xera Shava. Uh, you know, the same uh, word appears with regards to Egla Rufa, to that carbon that was brought when you find a person who's killed in between two cities and the body is unclaimed. We don't know who killed them, so the city that's closest has to assume responsibility, and they bring a special carbon as, a, as an atonement, that they bring the carbon of the Eglarufa, so the Eglarufa is prohibited in Hana, 
And the Pasik states with regards to the Egla Aruf of Arfu Shamas Ha'egla Ben Nochal, that they would perform the Arifa there in the, uh, in the valley. But the Pasik says Sham, and the Pasik also says by Miriam, Atama Sham Miriam. So the Pasik says by Miriam, Sham, and the Pasik says by Egla Rufa, Sham. So the Gemara derives Xerah Shava, Sham, Sham, Egla Rufa, that just like uh, Egla Rufa is also by uh, mace is also uh, prohibited in all forms of benefit. And the Ksam Seifer argues that this should extend even to educational benefit, would also be considered to be a prohibited form of benefit. Because the Gemara, the Mishnah tells us, Mesechthus Nadarm, a person who's Madir Hano, from his friend, he takes an ed, he's not going to receive any forms of benefit from his friend, he's not allowed to use his library. Why can he use his library? He's just looking at the books. Obviously because that educational benefit that he derived is considered to be a violation of the nether of the Yisr Hanah. So any item then that's prohibited in Yisr Hanah won't be prohibited uh, from uh, receiving edu- educational uh, benefits as well from that, uh, from that item. So answer some safer. Why didn't the Nether Yehuda ask the autopsies to improve medical knowledge for the future? For a third reason. Not only because of Halanis HaMais, the laying the burial of the, of the mace, not only because of Nivol HaMais, but also because of an Yisr why didn't the Yehuda include it? However, perhaps the Yehuda didn't include it for the following reason. The Gemara tells, I'm sorry, the Shulchan Aruch quotes over here from the Rishonim in Shin Mem Tasif Aleph that not only Amesi Yisrael Asabana, Mes Ben Ovid Kochavim Ben Yisrael Asabana, even Mesi Akum are Asabana. So the Gra points out that the Rashba in Bavakama, as well as the Taisa in Bavakama, disagree with the Rishonim, the Shulchan Aruch is quoting, there's no source really necessarily in the Gemara for it, uh, conclusively, that, um, that, may say Akum are Mutter in Hanah. The Vilna Gain seems to side with the Rashbon, with Taisa against the Shulchan Aruch. The Pesachet concludes that perhaps we should treat it like an Isid the Rabbanon, to benefit from may say Akum. So therefore, the Pesachet Paskins, let's say, um, a person, it's not a life-threatening situation, a person is a Chayla, He's not even at risk of losing a limb. Let's say a person later was a burn victim, and he needs a skin graft. So he's not he's not, not going to lose the loss of a limb or certainly you know loss of life, but he'll have a severe you know a scar. So he would like to do a skin graft, but we're going to get the skin for the graft from uh, from a mace. So can you use a mace uh, mace Yisrael for that purpose? Probably not. You can't benefit from uh, it's prohibited to benefit from a mace Yisrael. Unless there's a, you know, it's pikuach nefesh, a life-threatening situation. So in this situation, we're not justified. However, from a say akum, the Pesach claims it should be allowed. Because even if it's Asabana, perhaps it's only Asabana, and the Asabana can be overlooked even for a regular chayla, even if the person is not a chayla, sheyesh bosekana. Okay. If you want to identify the source, then you could presume. Presume, of course. Well, in, in Chutzlars, we probably presume it's from Meisei Akum, and Eretz Yisrael probably presume it's from Meisei Yisrael. So the, but the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, the Meisei Akum, or Asabana, the Vilna Goyen quotes other Rishonim, that it's Mutabana, whenever you have a Machlech, it's a Rishonim, presumably there's no source anywhere in the Gemara conclusively that gives us an indication one way or the other. The problem is, it seems to be of a Ferish Gemara. The Gemara says in Mesechus Bechiris, which is not brought up by the Rishonim at all. The, it's totally ignored. The Gemara says, "Mesechtes becheres over here, memheim and aleph." Amar Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Ma'aseh b'Talmidav of Rabbi Yishmael. It once occurred with the Talmidim of Rabbi Yishmael, "Shalku zayna achash and eschayvus reifalu melech." There was a woman who was put to death by the by the Malchus for engaging in prostitution, and the uh, Talmidim of Rabbi Yishmael performed an autopsy. Umotzu ba masay mechamishim u'shnayim atzomus. They found two hundred and fifty-two bones in her body. Presumably, this was in order to learn anatomy and improve medical practice in the future. Uh, and the Rishonim totally ignore this. How is this allowed? Aren't they benefiting from their body? So presumably it was allowed because it was Meisayakum, Meisayakum, Mutubana. Why didn't the Rishonim derive from here that Meisayakum, Mutubana? 
So the Kazanish writes over here, Oisud Aleph, that, per, uh, that perhaps this is why the Knight of Yehuda did not bring up the reason of, uh, of uh, Isure Hana when he was discussing um, uh, autopsies. It's because just to look at something, you know, and uh, derive some sort of benefit, but all you're doing is looking at it, is not considered to be a form of benefit that's prohibited uh, from items that are also ba'ana, the after they came in the Enkan Rak ba'ama, all they were doing was looking at the body. You can't, there's no you know, monetary value that could be attributed to this kind of uh, benefit. It's not called hana, and therefore was allowed. So even though may say Akma prohibited in hana, uh, performing an autopsy should not be learning something from, uh, you know, from performing this kind of procedure where you're just looking. And learning should not be a violation of the Easter Hana. Perhaps that's why the Noi of Yehuda did not bring it up. And one is one of the uh, obstacles that has to be overcome in order to allow uh, an autopsy. You can't use his library, but you can count his Oh, what's the difference between the library? We'll get to one second. What he's in the zone is the That was the assumption. Why? If it was... Because how else could they be allowed? How else could it be allowed? I understand. There's no indication. Again, no Roy. If I would assume that was uh, Rove's on as a Akum. I would think so. Yeah. You would hope so. Rove people are Akum. <laughs> no. But no, but I think here yeah, the concept is the fact that it was a Srefa yeah. Matsuba. In other words, they didn't do an autopsy. Shashoku Zainaka stayed there. Yeah, no, but they they burnt her. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. They yeah. She was burned. Then afterwards they, they opened up the body. After she was burned. Yeah. So it could be that she didn't do an order, that, that, that they just counted the bones. No, shoku out. means that they removed the skin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, the king put her to her death. King put, her to ah. death. king put her to death for violating, and they probably also alloy pr- prostitution. Not so they put her to death. So the but the Shaila is so the Chazanis says look you see from here it must be the Maisei Akumos how is the autopsy allowed over here it must be that uh, you know just looking at a mace and deriving benefit uh, you know educationally is permitted. However, the question is why should that be per- permitted? Re'iya is usually included in one as one of the forms of benefit that's prohibited from Isuri Hano. The Gemara tells us in Masechus Pesachim over here Kol Mara Vereach sight sound. And smell ain't bohemishum If I you you know benefit from the light of the base hamikdash, which is paid for by a hektish, or I benefit from the smells of the base hamikdash, or from uh, the sights of the base, uh, from the sound of the base hamikdash, I enjoy it. That's not considered to be theft from hektish. But the Gemara says meila hutaleka ha isura ika. It is prohibited uh, because one of the forms of benefit of isuri hana. It's not meila. It's not theft. You don't have to pay back hektish for that which you derive. But it is uh, prohibited. So for that reason, it says in Shulchan Aruch, one is not allowed to deliberately walk next to a bakery on Pesach to smell the chametz, to enjoy, you know, the aroma, because chametz is prohibited in Hana, and that would include kol maravireach, or if you have a voidah which is prohibited in Hana, one should not deliberately go out of his way to look at it and enjoy what he's seeing, because, that, you know, artwork or things like that, if it's, you know, uh, you know was, has a worshipped item, because it's, uh, because of that, that item would be prohibited in Hana, and even deliberately looking at it, by accident, you're walking by and you happen to smell something, but if you do it deliberately, so then it's, um, so then it would be prohibited. So, so to over here, why is this permitted? How could, said, you see when the Gemara B'chorus, it was allowed. But even though I may say, this was allowed educationally to learn from the body to improve uh, medical knowledge in the future. But, but why should it be allowed? The Mace is also about not. So if T. Pesach Frank has in his Chuvus in the Harat Tzvi the following explanation. He argues that it's because you're not deriving benefit from the Mace itself, it's what it teaches you for the future. So that's considered to be an indirect form of benefit. 
and would not be included as one of the forms of benefit that's, uh, that's prohibited from Isurei Hana. And he has as a source for this argument, the Ritva Mesech Sukkah. The Gemara tells us Mesech Sukkah, here I see Gimel, that a lulav shalavaydezara lo yito, you shouldn't use a lulav shalavaydezara, because avaydezara is asa bahana, vim not kosher. But if you used it, you fulfill the mitzvah of dalaminim. Say, yes, the ritva. But you're benefiting from Yisurei Hanav. Avogav the mishani ba'asiros mitzvah shemekabal schar bolem hazel bolem abo. You're going to receive reward in this world and in the next for performing the mitzvah. So how is that not deriving benefit from the lulav shalva dezara? He says, lochashiv iser b'yisurei hanav shanana begufo shal iser. Only when you derive a benefit from the item itself. Here the item uh, enables you to receive reward and triggers uh, you know, receiving reward in the world to come or in, uh, in, in this world as well. But it's not directly deriving benefit from the lulav, so therefore uh, it perhaps can be permitted. He says the same would be true. That's the Pshad in the Gemara Masechus Rosh Hashanah that says a person who uh, takes a nether, he's not going to derive benefit from his friend, is allowed to be taivo, is allowed to immerse himself in his mayon, in his mikvah. Why he's deriving benefit? The answer is, yeah, his benefit, though, is not from the mikvah itself, uh, you know, taking a shower or a bath. It was because it enabled him to become tahar in order to eat kachim and tahris later. So that kind of indirect form of benefit is not considered to be benefiting from the item itself. It will not fall under the prohibition of Yisurei Hanav. Rabbi Yosef Engel claims in his Chuvus in the Ben Peiras that this is perhaps the pshat and a perplexing uh, comment of the Shita Lonoi de Lami Mesechtes Kiddush, and it's also Ramban Mesechtes Chul and Daftawin that uh, one is allowed, uh, the opinion of the Ramban was, one is allowed to sell Isurei Hana. Most we shine them hold, Isurei Hana prohibited in all forms of benefits, so mm-hmm. you can't sell it to get money in exchange. However, the Ramban held it was allowed. They call Isurei Hana, Mutu l'machron l'chachila. How could it be mutter? You're getting money in exchange. Says the Shittu l'onai no, but you're not getting money, you're not benefiting from the item itself. The item gives me money. And then I can take the money and buy something else with it. So that's an indirect form of benefit that's not considered to be a benefiting from the item itself and would not be fallen under the prohibition of Isuri Hana. He says, You benefit from the item itself. So, so too argues that see Pesach Frank with regards to the autopsy. The reason why it didn't fall under the prohibition of Isuri Hana, and that's why the Noi Behuda didn't mention it. And that's why the Gemara Bechairis is not a raya, whether or not Mesei Akram or Asavana or Mutubana, it's because they weren't benefiting from the cadaver itself. They're benefiting from the knowledge that it imparts them in order to treat people later on in the future. That kind of indirect form of benefit was never included in the Easter Hana from, uh, from Amaze. That said, what about the Gemara? Mesechtus Nadarim. If I take a nether, I'm not going to benefit from your Sfarim, uh, from, from you, I'm not allowed to use your library. Why not? So I believe that the answer is there, I'm enjoying reading the book now. Oh, so if I gain educational knowledge, not for something that enables me to improve medical practice in the future, to heal people in the future, that's because I'm enjoying it now, reading the book. Oh, so that's awesome. But if it's only because it enables me to gain you know, some sort of benefit in the future, that's indirect. It will not be included in the Yisra of Yisra So So No, but you're enjoying it now. You're hopping Hana now. Or I'm reading a novel of yours now. I'm getting Hana now. Or I'm, uh, if I'm enjoying something now, then it's prohibited. That's a direct form of benefit. But if it's educational in the sense that it provides me with uh, knowledge to treat people later on in the future, that's indirect, and that would not fall under the prohibition of Yisrael. So for that reason, it, was, it seems to me that um, there was this Bodies exhibit in South Street Seaport called Bodies World, 
where in China they took um, uh, uh, organs and they uh, put them in, I don't know what they put them in, uh, yeah, and they have them in containers. So if you ever wanted to see uh, what a liver looks like, what a pancreas looks like, what a lung looks like, what a heart looks like, and you never went to medical school and took anatomy, so you can, uh, you can see all these different parts of the body. As a, I don't think it's still there in South Street Seaport, no. but it was there for a while. The bodies themselves was... were reconstructed and, and, and uh, embalmed. And the whole thing was there. But see, that wasn't educational. Yeah, I don't that, think it's educational. No, that's that, entertainment. That, right, that, exactly. Yeah, so in my opinion, if it's edu- for medical students who are doing it in order to learn medicine, improve medicine in the future, then it's not considered to be benefiting from the mace because... Um, because it's only for what it uh, helps me do in the future. Here, this is a Chalamai trip. So I'm enjoying it now. I'm benefiting from it now. We're so warped here in America that we benefit, we enjoy seeing guts and gore. That's what we like to do. So if that's the shot that it's in entertainment now, so it seems to me that that should be like the, the library of somebody else, that that's entertainment value now, that's, you know, benefit now, that would be directly from the mace, and even mace akum. That would be prohibited because we possibly may say Akum are us about no. With regards to medical students, huh? Organ transplants are usually life-saving measures. It's a whole separate discussion, organ transplants. But you're right. Organ transplants have to, uh, have to deal with this issue of benefiting from the mace. But if it's for a life-saving procedure, then, uh, then it, uh, it can be allowed. Uh, additionally, though, for this reason as well, even though we said uh, you know, observing uh, uh, an autopsy or a dissection should not necessarily be considered uh, for medical <laughs> students, because it's only for what you know, enables him to do in the future, so it's indirect. Um, so he said, well, if you're enjoying it now, that's your Chalamai trip, so then it's Aser. Also, for medical students, some argue, uh, this is found in the truth of the Chalkas Yaakov, Yaakov Breish, it's also in the Chavaz Bin Yom, Yisraeli, that if, let's say, you're practicing how to do a procedure, I'm practicing stitching on a cadaver, or I'm practicing how to do incisions on a cadaver, so then you're not benefiting from the knowledge that it gives you in the future, you're benefiting from uh, learning how to do the procedure, from the item itself, from the cadaver itself. So maybe that's perhaps a little bit closer to an Isra Hana than to learn, you know, to, to gain knowledge to help you treat patients in the future. But either way, the Knight of Yehuda assumed that, um, that uh, to perform an autopsy or even to observe an autopsy of a cadaver, whether if it's a Mesa Yisrael, would be uh, prohibited because you have uh, two prohibitions at least. You have the Easter of Halanas Hames and Evil Hames. You're causing the person's, uh, you know, to delay burial and you're mutilating the body. And uh, he, perhaps it's not Hanom in Hames because it's too indirect, but he would have those problems cont- to contend with. And therefore, the Neid of Yehudok, uh, argued that it cannot be uh, allowed unless there is an immediate uh, ability to save somebody's life. If you're going to be like the Gemara Mesechtas Chulin, where we had the ability to save the life of the murderer if we would perform an autopsy and find the person that he killed the treifa. So if we could save his life and there's a person who's standing in front of us immediately, what he described as a chayla bifanenu, then it can be allowed. But if there's no chayla bifanenu, there's no chayla right here in front of us, then it cannot be allowed uh, to, you know, to learn anatomy or to improve medical knowledge and practice in the future. And uh, what is considered, though, to be a chayla bifanenu, a chayla right here in front of us? So in the Nishmas Avram of Dr. Abraham, he argues that just because we have communication equipment that enables us to be in contact with uh, doctors and hospitals all over the world, that doesn't mean the entire world is considered to be a chayla bifanenu. 
He says, because that's not the way the medical community works. Even if we perform an autopsy and we come about a discovery, we're going to publish it in a journal. And by the time the journal reaches the Arba Confessoritz, it's a year or two years away. So that's not considered to be a Chayla B'faneinu. He does quote there, though, from Hashem Azam, from the Chazanish, that if there is an epidemic that's, you know, encompassing of the community or the world. And every single, you know, thing that we learn from, uh, from uh, this uh, autopsy, we're going to communicate directly, you know, to the people who are dealing with this on the front lines. So then he claims that there would be a chayla b'faneinu, even if I don't have the chayla right here in front of me. So if we know, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, we, th- th- this is going to be imminently beneficial, so then uh, that can be considered a chayla b'faneinu, even if I don't literally have it in front of me. But just to assume, well, there's always a chayla somewhere in the world that perhaps benefit from any discovery that we make is not sufficient justification to consider it to be uh, a chayla b'faneinu. But why? Why should this be, why should we limit it to a chayla b'faneinu? Look, after all, we're, why, why are they performing these autopsies? To learn me- medicine, to learn anatomy, or, uh, you know, even by accomplished doctors in order to improve medical practice in the future. And their intention, of course, is to save lives. So why does the Nehru the demand that it has to be a chayla b'faneinu? There has to be, you know, immediate benefit to save someone's life. Their intention is to save lives. So they'll save lives in five years from now, save lives in ten years from now, or in two years from now. Why does it have to be specifically that there's a chayla b'faneinu in order to permit it? So the Svar of the Neid Behuda, that, that line in the sand is somewhat uh, difficult to understand. So the Chazanish, they quote in the name of the Chazanish, is quoted in his biography called the Per Hador, offered the following explanation. He said, because if you're going to allow, if you're going to consider this to be Bikuach Nefesh as well, then no autopsy will ever be prohibited. It will always be permitted because you could always argue there'll be some benefit in the future uh, where, you know, to, that could save, potentially save a life. So says Chazanish, if we're going to consider everything that could possibly save a life sometime in the future, now, he says, all of these surma, all these surah Shabbos go out the window. All of these surah, uh, you know, the, the, all of these surma, and all of these will go out the window because it could always potentially save somebody's life in the future. And the Chazanish claims that if to violate it on a one-time basis because of a chayla b'faneinu, that's permitted for pikuach nefesh, but to do away with an Easter entirely, that's a chil Hashem, and cannot be allowed even for a life-saving measure. Perhaps as a source for this Chazanish, that's the argument of the Chazanish, perhaps as a source for the Chazanish is the well-known Gemara Mesechta's Gittin, that's really Tisha B'Av Taira. If you remember the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, it's at the end of the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, there was a, a Roman uh, general who wanted to send, in order to test the Jewish people, whether or not they would be accommodating to the Roman general. He sent a carbon, but the carbon had a mum. And he was testing them, would he bring his carbon that had a mum? So you're not supposed to bring a carbon that has a mum. So Zachary ben Afkulis, who was the head of the, uh, of the Beis HaMikdash in Yushalayim, did not want to bring the carbon that had a mum. And others argued with him, look, politically we have to do this. If not, we're going to endanger the entire Jewish community. Of course, they proved to be correct. They didn't bring the carbon, and then they were all they led to the siege of Yushalayim, and ultimately the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. But Zachary ben Afkulis insisted we can't do it. And the argument of Zachary ben Afkulis was, because people will say that Balei Mumen are craven, al Gabi Mizbeach, that you can bring a Balei on top of the Mizbeach. So that's why he didn't allow it. So the Gemara is critical, of course, of Zechai ben Avkulis, Anfetsanusus, and Zechai ben Avkulis, Hechavis Beisenu. But what was he thinking? What was he, how could he not allow it? Didn't he realize the political pressure and what was taking place and so, you know, what was going on? So Rabbi Hanan explains in the Kavit Sa'aris, no, he argued that people are going to say that this whole Easter never applies. They're going to say, the Pali Mumen are craving Agabi Yisbech. So yes, you can allow it in this instance because of Bikuach Nefesh, but to do away with an Easter of the Torah entirely is a Chil Hashem, which cannot be allowed even in a place of Bikuach Nefesh. So, so to over here, Chazanish uh, explained that the, what the Neid Behuda was concerned with is we're going to allow this. Uh, you can do, uh, you know, Nivu Ames goes out the window, the whole Easter. 
So therefore, the Noid Behuda limited it to a Chayla B'fanenu, only to specific instances where there's immediate benefit uh, to saving uh, somebody's life. Ramayisha argues, it says over here, Noid Zion, that he really doesn't understand the Svar of the Noid Behuda. He thinks it's a little bit difficult, it requires explanation. But then he says another Svar, why perhaps, um, even if, he says, we'll consider, you know, long-term uh, ability to save life. As Bikuach Nefesh already now, even if there is no Chayla B'fanenu, that's not necessarily a Heter, uh, to work on a Jewish body in medical school. He says, because who asked you to become a doctor? He says, Ramayisha claims there's no mitzvah to become, uh, you know, to make money in order to give tzedakah. There's no mitzvah to learn medicine in order to save lives. So for those who know medicine already, perhaps can perform an autopsy if there's, a, you know, be some benefit in the future. But he says, for a person who's not a doctor now, to use this as a uh, legitimization to learn medicine, Ramayisha claims there's no mitzvah necessarily on this, incumbent upon this individual to learn medicine. And therefore, even if that would be pikuach nefesh, it's not sufficient grounds uh, to allow it. However, in Eretz Yisrael, in 1947, uh, there was a, when they opened Hadassah Medical uh, School, it's part of Hebrew, Hebrew University, so it was a psaac that was issued by the chief rabbinate at that time, was Rabbi Ben-Zion Uziel, Uziel, the first Sephardic chief rabbi, and Rabbi Herzog, the first Ashkenazi chief rabbi, and Rabbi Pesach Frank, as well as Tzitz Eliezer, that their opinion was, um, they disagreed with this night of Yehuda, and they argued that even if there'll be benefit, uh, you know, in the future, um, you know, it's a belong, no chayla b'fanenu. It's still considered to be kukuach nefesh. We could save a life in five years from now, we could save a life in ten years from now. That should also be considered to be bikuach nefesh, and therefore, if there could be some medical knowledge that could be gained by performing the autopsy to improve medical practice, uh, so then it can be allowed. And they argued that in Eretz Yisrael, we need, uh, we need, uh, we need to have uh, Jewish doctors. So that, that itself should be considered to be, uh, you know, to be pikuach nefesh. Yes, what Moshe said, there's no mitzvah in this individual to learn medicine, but if we're not going to have a medical school in Eretz Yisrael, we won't have any Jewish doctors in Eretz Yisrael. And they considered that to be a situation of, uh, of pikuach nefesh. And therefore, they passed in the 1947 that they could use Jewish uh, bodies in the medical school as long as the person donated his uh, body to science. That that could be allowed, and they quoted a truth of the Binyan Sion, that's Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, who argued that if a person, uh, since the, all of these Yisurim, Anivu Ames and Halonis Ames, if a person wants to be Meichel and his covet, um, then it can be allowed. So, because uh, it's my covet who's at stake, if I donate my body to science, then I should have every right to do that, and they can use it in the medical school because it's Bikuach Nefesh that we should have Jewish doctors, and that we should be able to perform uh, autopsies if the medical community feels that this could somehow improve medical practice, even if it's not imminent, be sometime in the future that can all be allowed. Many disagreed with them. That was against the Neid Behuda, it was against the Sam Seif, it was against Rav Meisha, against the Shomazam, the Chazanish. They all argue, no, it has to be a Chayla B'fanenu, and that you have no, you're not in charge of your body when you're alive. We're only, uh, we're only custodians of our body. A person has no right to mutilate his body when he's alive, and therefore he certainly has no, not, a, you know, not in charge of his body after he passes away either. It's not yours to do with it as you please. But that was the opinion of the Binyan and that was the opinion of the Chief Rabbinate. As everybody remembers, and because of this, though, this uh, position, so doctors uh, started to say, well, we really need to do autopsies, you know, often, because you never know what we might learn. It might improve medical practice in the future. And therefore, they did so even without consulting Rabbanim. You know, was this really necessary? Was it not necessary? The doctors were the ones who were put in charge of whether it was necessary. And it was done even without the consultation of the family. 
that was a little bit of an clarity in the in the law that they that they wrote in 1947 and later in 1953. So there were people, there were doctors performing autopsies, claiming we need to do this in order to improve medical uh, knowledge in the future. And there were others saying, no, you really don't need to do it. And the family wasn't consulted. And of course, it led to a tremendously uh, destructive controversy that lasted all the way into the 70s, really. In 1980, when finally the chief rabbinate kind of uh, revoked uh, this position, and they came to realization, really, what I think was, a, what was the concern of the Neid Behuda. If we're going to say that you can improve medical practice in the future, uh, you know, it's considered to be Bikuach Nefesh, so then we're going to end up doing autopsies on all the bodies, and ultimately that was what, that kind of chaos and mayhem is what, uh, is what ensued. So the, the chief rabbinate uh, later on issued a psaac, no, it can only be allowed if there's an imminent, uh, you know, benefit uh, to saving life. But in Eretz Yisrael, they continue to use the bodies of Jews, of those of people who donated their bodies to science based on this, uh, based on this, uh, on this psaac. Okay. Yeah.